Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to a Victory Sunday episode of the 40 Irish Rush Podcast. And it just, I don't know about you guys, trying to go to sleep last night was problematic. I was just wired. Like, I mean, I mean whenever you go through a game like that and come out on the winning side, goodness, a not that I thought the 49ers were going to lose, but man, it, it sure felt that way through a majority of the game. Even when we were up by one point, it just felt weird. It felt ugly, um, but that's okay. Ugly wins, still wins, baby. Uh, and so I'm excited to come back today, this morning, before we figure out who the 49ers are going to play uh, with the Bucks and the Lions. And just wanted to give a little bit more attention to this game before we start to look forward too much. Thankfully, we have an additional day. Um, the 49ers, you know, being the one seed, that's huge because you get a full extra day off before you go into preparation for the Sunday game against whether it be the Bucks or the Lions, which that's just weird to say <laughs> the Bucks or the Lions in the NFC championship game against the 49ers. But hey, I'll take it. Um, really, really excited about this. Appreciate everybody. All the hashtag CCs uh, right here. Bro Montana cardiac kids are back. We haven't been around that at all. You, you go back to 2019, even some of 2021. And it was just like, whoo, uh, every single game was just like you felt exhausted, like you ran a marathon. And that's kind of what the game felt like uh, last night. You know, being in the stadium with the rain, that definitely added to it as well. <clears throat> My voice is still not fully back, but that's okay. What's up? Don't bother me. Appreciate you, man. Um, he says, wasn't pretty, but the 49ers survived. NFC Championship, here we go. What's up, JP? Appreciate you, man. And yeah, it was ugly, but it, it's still... It still counts, man. And shout out to my man, JP, still in the hospital. We're having a baby today. That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations, brother. That's a celebration worth. You know, that's awesome. Uh, very, very excited about that. We've got a first super chat in here. My man, Tommy. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, he says, Ambry is dog. Uh, curse words. Kyle play calling was horrendous. The run game was trash. Don't get me started on special teams, but a win is a win, John. Yeah, there's a lot to complain about. Ambry Thomas was awful. He was beyond awful. You, you know, this is a grades episode, so we're going to go through some of the PFF stuff. We'll break down the film, every single offense, defense, and special teams play. Coaches tape all 22 on the 49ersrush.com or our Patreon channel. But the grades, Ambry Thomas, uh, 48 snaps, 32 grade, dead last. 17 players took snaps for... The 49ers on defense, he was the lowest graded player of anybody. And any starter for either team, he had the lowest grade. The penalties were terrible. He had two missed tackles that were terrible. One time he got a missed tackle that wasn't even a missed tackle because he's supposed to fit outside on the stretch play. He shoots inside. It just gave up a huge run, huge run, just because he didn't know his assignment. I don't think that they're going to really move away from him. I think he'll still stay out there. The fact that they stuck with them all game, Daryl Luter Jr. would be the next man up. Samuel Womack was a healthy scratch, um, which hurt. So, like, you know, that's that's a lot. Amber Thomas was terrible. I, I don't know what else to say. He was absolutely terrible. Um, the running game was awesome. I do disagree with you there. The, the 49ers rushing attack – Average 4.6 yards per rush and rushed for 111 yards. The only problem with the running game was you didn't do it enough. 24 rush attempts, Kyle. Yikes. That is, that's that's scary bad. That is terrible. 
You should have ran the ball a lot more times, way more times. A rain game, close game at home against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. And not only do you just pull the run game, like the opening drive still drives me crazy. First play of the game, you run Christian McCaffrey for like five yards. Every other play was an empty set on that opening drive. Every other play. And so, you know, my thing is the 49ers number one staple should be the run game. Kyle Shanahan doesn't believe that anymore. Um, and I love Kyle. If I could have any coach in the NFL, it would be Kyle Shanahan. But there are criticisms to be had there. Like, run the freaking ball. Debo's out. Run the ball. Like, run the ball, Kyle. Like, it's working. Run the football. And if you're not going to run the football, at least have the illusion or the threat of running a football. Every now and then on third downs or whatever, you want to shuffle Christian McCaffrey out and all that stuff. No problem. But all the empty sets, watch the opposing defense. As soon as we, Christian McCaffrey leaves kind of behind the, you know, the backfield, you see them all just relax. Oh, nice. And so what? what's the number one code or, you know, the Napoleonic war code? Don't do what your enemy wants you to do. Shanahan does not buy into that. For some reason, he loves removing the threat of running the ball and turning it into a seven-on-seven game. Now, if Brock Purdy was lights out, which he has been a lot of his this year, that'd be great. He had one of the worst starts of his entire career, and you just kept throwing the ball. I mean, you look at the total pass he plays. Why the hell did we throw the ball 34 times? Oh, sorry, they threw the ball 30. We threw it 39 times. That's not a good game plan. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had a terrible game, but still won. Did what he had to do. Criticism's there, but you got to win. Um, run defense was trash. Ah, there were some terrible missed tackles. You know, we we look at the defensive side of the ball. We had nine missed tackles, and I think that was kind of everything. You know, you had two from Ambry Thomas. You had two from Logan Ryan, and that's. I did, you know, I, I was telling people on the show, uh, Logan Ryan's probably going to be like, there's a good chance he's going to start. I would start Jair Brown against a young offense like this, but I would not be shocked if I was, I've been saying it for two weeks. They went with Ryan and man, he had two of the worst missed tackles I have ever seen. That huge 50 plus yard run. The, the, the run defense was fine. We just missed tackles. So if we're looking at missed tackles, Ambry Thomas sucked on the perimeter, two missed tackles. Logan Ryan, two missed tackles. Traverius Ward, two missed tackles. That's six missed tackles from DBs. Can't do that. You cannot do that. Um, Fred Warner had one missed tackle. Sebastian Joseph Day had a missed tackle, and so did Oren Burks. But li listen to Kyle Shanahan. Shout out to Juan Salas, the best, getting us these clips. Um, Talking about going with Logan Ryan, the vet, over Jair Brown, the rookie. Jair had missed about four weeks. You know, I think it was two games, but he had been out four weeks, and he's been awesome in practice. I love Jair. It has nothing to do with him. Just our experience of, um, you know, playoff games, being around this, it's, I think it's a lot when you got a rookie who hasn't played in, in a month who is a very passionate, aggressive player. I just don't want to put all that on him to have him go out in the playoff game and um, when he hasn't been out there for four weeks, and especially when we have a veteran behind him who could just calm down a little bit. And um, If things would have gone differently, we would have put Jair in right away, but um, we, we don't want to do that really to Jair. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I don't think you shift now. I don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. So you're going to stay with the vet, which I don't mind. I thought that he plays well. Uh, he does not bring the sense of urgency that you saw with Hufunga, that you saw with Jair Brown. He's much more of a, a cautious, look, I'm not going to fail this. It's a true safety mindset from the 90s. That was the idea. It's not this explosive play with your hair on fire, you know, blow everything up. That's not who he is. That's Huff. That's Jair Brown. That's not Logan Ryan. And that's fine if you can mitigate the mistakes. He did not mitigate the mistakes in the run game. Uh, two of the biggest plays of the game were against him. Um, and so, like, that's problematic. So, I don't, you're not going to shift now. And that's kind of the Shanahan coaching tree and Steve Wilkes. Like, why shift now? You, you didn't pull Ambry at any point in that game, which I'm kind of glad they didn't, even though he was terrible. But he's always in position. He just completely throws away any ounce of technique that he has. It just says, I'm just going to hold these guys. I'm just going to hold them. I'm just going to grab. It's, it's not like, you know, you look at Avery Thomas, well, give up five catches on five targets for 74 yards, so that's terrible.
plus you add in the penalties, plus you add in the missed tackles, plus you add in the yards after. I mean, I, there was nothing positive about his performance. He's he's in position. He just it's who he's been. Um, he's had a good year, and I'm happy for him. Gosh, man, it's rough. Anytime you see 20 out there, and I'm just like, oh, please don't throw it at Ambry. Please don't throw it. Third down, the whole stadium's like, oh, they're going to throw it at Ambry. Like, people were saying it out loud. Oh, they're going to throw it at 20. So, whew, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll we'll see there. Um, right here, RTP. What's up, buddy? Uh, let's talk some Jake Moody. Uh, yeah, let's. I, I will be upfront and honest. I, I think Jake Moody was terrible. He was awful. That 52-yard kick he made was incredible. Uh, barely squeaked it in, but I don't care. It counted. That was huge. His kickoffs were awful. A big reason why the points that were scored by uh, the, the the Packers offense was Jake Moody. Terrible kick to start the game. Terrible kick on kickoff. Um, allowed an easy return. Ball didn't even get to the 10-yard line. He's just so inconsistent whenever he makes contact with the ball. He is so inconsistent. I, I'm not a Jake Moody guy. It's funny. People were calling me like Jake Moody apologists and stuff. And I was like, what? Like, do y'all not remember? Like, this is the screenshot when we drafted him in the third round. Like, you can't make that up. Shout out to the man, Brian Carter. Like, no, I have never been a Jake Moody apologist. What I have said and what I will continue to say is you can't change now. You got to stick with this dude. You spent a third round pick on him. He's had a decent year. Um, and no pressure kicks up until this point. Missed his first one, right? Got blocked. RTP says, go back, look at the kick. Uh, it was online when it left his foot. Pat got great penetration. Look, I as a special teams guy, if that kick gets blocked, that's on the kicker. You've got to get the ball up. You have to. That's on the kicker. The timing, all those things. We'll break down all the tape of every single kick <clears throat> from three separate angles, and I'll show you. Yeah, was it, I mean... The offensive line cannot move forward on extra point or field goal. They literally lock their feet behind each other, and you just freaking Red Rover, Red Rover, <laughs> let the defense come over, and you just you just get tough, and you just whatever. It's not about the penetration up the middle. It's not that. If you kick the ball and it's low, that's an issue. And to further go with my point, whenever he made his 52-yard field goal, Jake Moody added a yard and a half. Well, whether it was, I don't know who's, whatever. If I, I would love somebody to ask this question in a press conference, but <clears throat> typically you add 17 to 18 yards to wherever the ball is being snapped. So, for example, if the ball's being snapped at the 40, usually the holder is seven to eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Then you add 10 yards, the end zone. That's where you get the length of the field goal. So, if the line of scrimmage is the 40, that's a 57-yard field goal, right? Well, whenever they were lined up to kick the field goal, I was like, okay, this is going to be a 50-yard field goal, 51 maybe. It was 52. Why? Because they scoot, they they slid the holder back an additional yard that I have not seen them do. I haven't seen them do that this year. That was a new thing. Why? Because the trajectory had been low. And if you look at the 52-yard field goal that he made, guess what? The trajectory was low. And so they slid them back even further. It's on Jake Moody. I, I, I'm sorry. People could disagree with me. That's my opinion. Opinions are okay. But I'm telling you, as a guy that was a special teams coordinator that coached kickers for literally a decade, that's on the kicker. You got to get the ball up. The, the location, and if you look at the kickoffs that were terrible, he had two terrible kickoffs. You, you saw that. Like All those things are in line with each other. Now... He made the 52-yarder when it counted. It barely squeaked in, but I don't care. It's three points nonetheless. Guess what? You look at the score, right? It kind of what happened there? What was the final score? 24-21. We got it. So I think that you can check off pressure kick made. That's huge. Was he good this game? No. I really wish he just kicked the damn ball in the end zone on kickoffs. That's a touchdown in and of itself. Ah, so frustrating. Right here, Road, uh, Roadhog. He says, great to see Kyle leave the ball in Purdy's hands. Yeah, you know, we look at that last drive, which was freaking awesome, man. Um, he went like he went six for nine, I believe. Here, here I'll pull up the, the final drive. 
to win the game. I'm scrolling down through it. I, I mean, it was just a 12-play, 69-yard drive, took up five minutes. And the whole time I was watching that final drive, I was like, whew, Kyle's putting all of his chips into this drive. Um, you go out there, pass to Jennings, okay? McCaffrey up the middle. Um, Brock Purdy, quarterback sneak. That was awesome. Brock Purdy, short pass to CMC. Purdy incomplete to Kittle. That was the Kittle drop on second and five. Gosh, man, that was huge. Uh, we got so lucky the next play. Brandon Ayuk had one of the best catches. Ayuk didn't have a good game, but came in clutch when it mattered. And that's kind of the theme of this whole damn game. Defense, special teams, offense, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk. On and on and on and on. Not a good game. Brandon Ayuk got shut down through three quarters. Shut down. Jair Alexander was dominating this man. But did enough to win the game when it mattered. And that was key. So that Ayuk catch on third and five was huge. Then Purdy deep to Conley for 17 yards. That was awesome. And that was the first time where it was like, whoo, all right. We cook it with grease. Like, that was the shift, I think, that took place where it was like, all right, now we should win this game. We should win right now. Um, then you've got Kittle. Uh, he got an eight-yard catch. Then McCaffrey, you know, he got his three yards, two-minute warning. They were milking the clock. Brock Purdy short to McCaffrey. No gain. Uh, Purdy scrambles. That play was huge, man. Nine-yard scramble. Gosh. Then you got the touchdown run. And so, yeah, Purdy at the end of it, you know, probably definitely a game that <laughs> – not that he wants to forget, but you're not getting a lot of highlights out of this one. That one throw to Juwan Jennings whenever there were four guys around him, gosh, that was – that was everything. Um, That was everything. But here is Brock Purdy himself. We just went through the play-by-play. This is him kind of breaking down the last drive. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, obviously plays that you think about as the game goes on. Like, man, I could have been better here. I could have hit that guy. He was open. Um, You know, you got to just be better on third down. Like, all that kind of stuff can run through your mind. But, um, man, it's a testament to our team because the defense got a stop at the end. Field goal, kicker, miss. Um, and it's like we had what we wanted right in front of us. And so you have to clean the slate. You have to have a clean mind. And, and um, not try to force anything, you know, get, um, take what the defense gives you um, and find a way, man. You, we had time on the clock. So um, it's not like you got to be, you got to be a superhero, make a play or anything. It's do what the, what the, what we call the quarterback pack tells you and go through the progressions and, and find a way. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
That's it, man. You, you go through it, and, you know, it's funny. Anytime we ever listen to Brock Purdy, it's just like, you know, he kind of lulls you to sleep. That's his That's his demeanor behind the mic. But, you know, whatever you can see behind the eyes of a madman, which I think he is. I really, really do, man. Um, he, I love him. I really do. It, was this a good game? Was I frustrated? Can he throw the ball in the rain? Not very well. A lot of issues. But, man, didn't turn the ball over. Not for lack of trying. I mean, that first drive, dude, hit that defender right in between the numbers. But the ball bounced our way that time. Um, and so here we go. Uh, Elias, what's up, man? Appreciate the super chat. How do you feel about Steve Wilkes' adjustments throughout the game? He might be the best in the NFL whenever it comes to second-half adjustments. Really might be. Uh, and, and like it's, I know that it's very easy for people to get mad at Steve Wilkes. I don't know why they hate him so much. Maybe it's because of the first half or whatever else. But, like finds <clears throat> here's the thing like if you're mad at steve wilkes like help me understand why you gave up six points in the first half ben but don't break you know that's gonna happen and they're a good offensive team they always work you give up six points in the first half they score in the second half because our special teams is a damn joke they get all the way down to the 15 they're starting to drive at the 15 that like I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they had that huge play on the missed tackles, but none of that's on Steve Wilkes. It's not Steve Wilkes' fault that he put his safety in a perfect spot to make a tackle, and he doesn't make the tackle. And then, you know, Aaron Jones busted for 50 yards. It's not his fault that Ambry Thomas shoots inside instead of staying outside and gets a 20-yard run. That's not on Steve Wilkes. His job is to put his players in a position to be successful. He did that all damn game. All damn game. And the number one stat of any defensive coordinator, which the 49ers lead the entire NFL in, points allowed in the fourth quarter. How many points did the Packers score in the fourth, fourth quarter? Zero. 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 How many turnovers? Two. Thank you, Dre Greenlaw. I, I, don't, I don't understand why or how anybody could watch this game and be upset at Steve Wilkes. I, that's asinine behavior, in my opinion, and, and I don't know. I, I'm trying to scroll through the chat. I, I'm behind in the chat. I appreciate everybody being here, and uh, sorry that I'm missing some of these. But I, I, I'm just somebody help me understand. I, I'm scrolling through the bottom of the chat. Somebody help me. <laughs> like, wh why? Where's the criticism of Steve Wilkes? Why are people upset at him? I you look at the the Green Bay Packers had one of the best third down offenses in the NFL. They went 7-13. All right, we went 10-16, which is better. They went 0-1 on fourth downs. That's a turnover right there. Drake Greenlaw did that one too, by the way. Um, you gave up 330 yards offense. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. What, what's their average, I wonder? Um, let's see here. I'm not a smart man. I'm going to have to divide that one. I'm not going to play that game. Uh, not live on air. I'm going to embarrass myself. But, like, I, I'm sorry. Like, somebody help me understand. What were they in the red zone? Two of five? Two of five in the red zone? Come on, man. Like, I, I just, right here, Ed, uh, our linebackers were in perfect position all game. All game. You had one missed tackle from our linebackers. They played incredible. Um, I, I, somebody... uh, sorry, ESPN pop-up ads in the middle of my show. You got to be kidding me. Uh, right here, RTP, Wilkes. Yeah, Jimpin uh, calling for him being fired. Like, I just don't understand. Zero points in the fourth quarter. Like, come on, man. Like, I just don't even, uh, I, I, I don't understand. Run D was weird. Seemed like it was either a tackle for loss or they ran for seven plus. Consist yeah, missed tackles. That's huge. Yeah, Sean, I'm with you. Missed tackles were gigantic. And, and that cost us, too. We would have we would have posted some money. Look at Applesauce. Jones ruined uh, my bet on that one. Uh, CMC. We had a bet for CMC having the most rush yards in the division round, which he would have had if freaking Logan Ryan would have made that tackle or Ambry Thomas wasn't a moron. Um, either one of those two plays, and yeah, we would have got paid big time. I'm with you there. Uh, and so, like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm struggling seeing why anybody would be critiquing Steve, Steve Wilkes after this. Like, you won that game because he shut him down in the fourth quarter. You gave the offense an opportunity, and you can go back through all the losses. The only one that you can't say is the Ravens, or you could talk about maybe the Bengals, but still, 
I don't know, man. The Browns gave your set team a chance to win. The Vikings gave your team a chance to win. The defense did continuously, and they did right there too. Uh, Coach Stark says, is it me or Chase Young's effort level not great? Never has been, never will be. That's not who he is. Wasn't who he was in high school, college, or with Washington. It's not who he's going to be now. Uh, you don't you don't just turn it on. You either have it or you don't. He's a talent guy. And it's not like he has bad effort, but the guys that have been drafted and brought up by the 49ers, all out, you know, <laughs> level hustle, he's not that guy. He's not going to be there. Um, and I'd like Chase Young, but I he, we needed him, and he played well. You know, let's you look at the numbers. He actually ranked higher from pro football focus than Nick Bosa. He was a top five guy uh, in this game. He had three pressures, two tackles, one assist, one solo stop. But he's not a negative player. He just he's consistently where he needs to be, and that's kind of what he did. He played forty five snaps. Nick Bosa played sixty three out of sixty seven snaps. That is crazy to me. That's way too much. Um, now let's go through the grades. You know, that's the show. Let's talk about this defensively. The number one rated player starter for either team, offense, defense, green Bay, 49ers doesn't matter. Dre Greenlaw. Holy freaking cow. Played every snap, led the team in snaps, had an 89.9 grade. He, um, led the team in tackles. He led the team. Uh, he did, uh, he was second in solo stops. Fred Warner had six. And led the team in interceptions, <laughs> almost led the team in uh, missed tackles, forced because he, his interceptions, dude, he was all over the place. Um, and I, I, I want to spend some time talking about Dre Greenlaw, one, because he's my favorite player on this damn team. I've been adamant about that and just came up big in clutch moments. You don't win this game without Fred Warner. He's the MVP. I keep mixing him up. I'm so sorry. Dre Greenlaw. And even whatever you talk about here, let's talk. Let's let him hear hear him talk about the pick to end the game. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. We are. Uh, I mean, it's men and left. We know they're trying to get the ball deep and get in the field goal range. So, I mean, we just playing deep and short. And uh, my guy went to the flat, so I was able to just have eyes on QB a little bit, and I saw him just throwing across his body and just able to make a play. And so, like, I love that he says, like, okay, my guy went to the flats. Therefore, he goes to a help side. I'm going to mirror the quarterback and watch the quarterback. Awesome play. Now, let's have some fun. Uh, and again, shout out to Juan Salas. The dude gets the amazing interception, second one of the game. But he doesn't go down. He's running around. If he falls down, the game's over. If he fumbles, you could lose this game. Like You talk about this with middle school, Pop Warner, understanding all those things. And <laughs> right here when they asked him, Drake Greenlaw, why did you not get down after the interception? Oh, yeah, I heard him. But Fred told me I was supposed to get a pick six. So, I mean, it was kind of his fault because he told me, he was like, man, you're getting a pick six. So I was trying to get one every time I, I got that ball. But, yeah, I know I need to go down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, everybody's like, get down. get like." I mean, it was hilarious. And, like, for him to say, oh, yeah, I heard him. But uh, no, and then we're going to pair that with his partner in crime, Fred Warder. Oh, this is awesome. You know what's funny is I'm, I'm right there for the interception. And I, I see Superman Dre Greenlaw come out of nowhere and snag it. I'm like, yes. I don't, I don't even look at him. I turn around. I start looking at the crowd. And then I turn around. I see 57 just running around, swimming with the football like this. I'm like, oh, heavens. Just, but you know what? I got <laughs> I went up to him afterward. I'm like, why didn't you go down? He's like, I wanted to pick six like we talked about. <laughs> Trey, that's not. <laughs> oh, what a win. What a win. It's just like, and so like, these are the things that you can do whenever they go right. You win, right? Like imagine we lost. And you're not in that position without Dre Greenlaw, the first interception and the second. I mean, the dude. And on top of that, he's the one that forced the freaking fourth and one stop for a turnover. That's three turnovers. Three. Ah, love that man. Uh, one more. Everybody was asked about the 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 clip, and it's funny from everybody. Listen, but. Got to give a shout out to uh, Dre Greenlaw. He wants to be a running back out there. Here's Christian McCaffrey, the running back, talking about his interception as well. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got 
an unbelievable amount of broken tackles on his picks this year. Um, does a great job. I was hoping he'd get down a little earlier, but he did run off seven seconds. So, um, yeah, it's amazing how many guys he makes miss. Ball security's, <laughs> I don't know, but just glad he's on our team. Ball's in your hands, man. You go make a play. You see what he sees. I love it, man. And, 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 and like that's the thing. What's up, Michael Pickle? Good man. Appreciate the super chat. He says Kyle made me laugh saying he wanted to run out there and tackle Dre at the end. What a game! Let's go. Not all games are going to be blowouts. This is a first for us this year, right? And, and I, I think that's huge. But yeah, it, and Kyle talked about Dre and the the good and the bad. Oh, Dre, I mean, just being able to play today. He's been battling here for these two weeks, um, trying to get back and get healthy for the game and. Um, I mean, he inspires the heck out of all of us, the way he runs, the way he hits, um, for him to make those plays, catching the ball when they send both to him. He's really trying. I mean, we'll put him on offense if he really wants to run with the ball that bad. But uh, he, he could definitely get down a lot sooner. <laughs> it just it just cracks me up, man. Like he just I don't I don't know. Um, and again, they you know Kyle went first, and this would be the last clip. I, I could I could talk about this play and this moment and these guys nonstop. If this was the off season, I'd probably do a full episode just on this. But whenever they brought up to Dre Greenlaw that Kyle said they should put him on offense, here's what Dre said. Oh yeah, put me out there. That's why that's why he's doing high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, how do you not just absolutely love just everything that's going on here? You know, like it, it, this is a beautiful time. Imagine being a Packers fan. Like, like not that I'm trying to be like a jerk or anything, but like w they had so much hope 24 hours ago. Now it's just like, oh, man, I want to pull up one of my good friends who's a diehard Packer guy. A really, really good guy. I, my text messages are just here we go. Um, shout out to my man, Mikey. He doesn't subscribe to the show. He's Packers only guy, but uh, like he, he, he texted me afterwards. Congratulations. Like really good guy. Like just great guy. I was like, and this is my response. Thanks, bro. Packers are going to be awesome for a long time. We're going to get more of these matchups. He responds. Eh, we will see that boneheaded interception has me second guessing everything. I left the conversation at that point. I didn't want to like you know, whatever. I don't want to talk him out of it. Just want to let him do his thing. But like that, and he's one of like the most hopeful, happy, you know, uh, you know, Packers fans that exist. That's rough. That's rough. It's not, it, that's where they are. They went from cloud nine. Oh my gosh. To guess what? The 49ers knocked your ass out of the playoffs again, five consecutive times. It don't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's Jordan love, doesn't matter. The 49ers are that team. And so, uh, and right here, Daryl, my man, appreciate you. Ugly win, but much needed to buck the trend. We needed one of these. I wanted it in the regular season. We didn't get it. But now we got it, you know, in the postseason, which you want it in the regular season so that you can prove to the team, look, you can win ugly games. Well, you just proved it. You just proved it. And, and I think that's huge. Uh, Bob Merck, thanks for the super chat. Debo getting injured uh, showed how much we need him. Not the first time, not the second time, not the third time. Debo out there, is, he's changes everything. And we're, ah, it, it hurts. And not going to lie. And, you know, right here, I, I don't know if I'll play this whole clip, but this is George Kittle talking about just what Debo means to the offense and how it changed. Debo's a fantastic football player. He's amazing, um, especially the things that we ask him to do. When he's in there and you can, like, match him with Christian, you can switch him around and stuff like that, it makes our offense what I think is different than any other offense in the NFL. So my concern for him not playing next week, uh, yeah, I mean, we're a different team without Debo. However, we still have a lot of, you know, really talented people on this offense and in the building, you know, regardless. So losing was definitely tough, and we had a lot of stuff, you know, ready for Debo and Christian to kind of mix and mingle. Um, and when you lose that, it's kind of hard to do, you know, I mean, hey, Juwan got a carry on the first play of the second half. <laughs> I don't really know where that came from, but, um, you know, I, like, as I turned around, it was a tough block on the front side for me and Trent. They shot the gap and stuff like that, but I turn around, and I see Juwan run the ball. I was like, what play did we just call? Like, oh, my goodness gracious. But, hey, he knew where to line up. He knew what to do, and it would have been amazing if he would have broke a tackle and, you know, gone all the way, but it didn't happen. But, uh, yes, Debo's a huge part of this team. We'll see what happens. 
So, like, Debo, and here's the thing. you Back to the grades, number one rated player for the 49ers offense was Debo Samuel. He played nine snaps. He had an 85.7 grade. Nine snaps. Uh, that was it. Then he goes out, and if we're going to, like, be real honest, whenever he went out, look, Juwan Jennings came in and was just absolutely incredible. Um, eh, he was awesome, man. I, really, really proud uh, of Juwan Jennings because – we, and here's the thing that was weird. This isn't the first time we've seen Juwan Jennings transition to the Debo role. We saw this during that three-game skid where we were losing. Uh, they they waited one whole week. Then they they practiced Juwan Jennings in the X spot, the number two guy, right? Um, or, sorry, the Z. So usually you have the, what's it called? Brandon I use the X, and then Debo's the Z. That's the traditional wide receiver terms for those positions. Um and so Jennings went from the number three to the number two guy, which sounds easy, but it's completely different. And he struggled. He was bad at it. He was terrible at it, in fact, during that three-game skid where we kept losing. He stepped in and was incredible. It, it led the team in receptions, led the team in receiving yards. Um, no, he didn't. George Kittle did. Sorry. So Kittle had four catches, 81 yards on seven targets. Juwan Jennings had five catches, um, 61 yards on six targets. And so, like... Maybe one of the biggest offensive plays of the game was that Purdy pass right there to him. It was awesome. And so, like, you've got to give props to Juwan Jennings. They're blocking that dude out of bounds, ushering him out of the club against his own sideline. I can't believe there were no flags on that play. But, like, it's the tone setters. And this is what I talked about on the show, the scouting report. You're not the Dallas Cowboys. You're not a soft football team. So, B, who are the tone setters of this team, Right. Dre Greenlaw, number one, did he set the tone? Yeah, two interceptions and a stop on fourth down. That's huge. Juwan Jennings, go out there, hit some people in the mouth, all that stuff. He answered the call. George Kittle, he set the tone, right? So, like, those are the three guys whenever I'm like, who are we? Who are the guys that represent? Probably Trent Williams. Throw him in there, too. Not, not necessarily, like, most talented or most impactful. No, no, no. Who are the physical imposers, bullies on this damn team? It's those guys, and they answered. Uh, right here, top five offensive graded players. Devo Samuel, one. Trent Williams, two. John Feliciano, who I love. Oh, he is, he's awesome, man, at right guard. He's great. He played 54 snaps at right guard, and Spencer Burford played 10, which I love that because now Burford's getting experience. Burford's going to be the guy of the future. He's a young pup. Feliciano's a little older. I hope we get to keep him longer, but, like, I love that breakdown. I really, really do. Juwan Jennings, fourth-rated player, 77.1. Kittle, five. Jake Brindle, six. Jake Brindle had a huge pancake block on that touchdown run by CMC. Like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I, I did not know you could do that. Um, it's it just, I don't know. It, it's it's weird because I've never seen that happen. CMC was seventh. Ayuk was eighth. Um, you go down to the bottom, and Kyle Juszczyk, he was the worst-rated player. Ray Ray, second-worst-rated player. Charlie Warner, Aaron Banks had a bad game. Aaron Banks has not had a good game in a long time um, since his first injury. And, you know, he's 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 muscling through it. He played every single snap, 64-64, but he, he has not returned to his pre-injury self. I, I will say that. Daryl, the replacements. Purdy runs out to tackle Drager. Yeah, that's right. Uh, great movie, man. Shane Falco. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's for replacements. Um, I, I love it. That's awesome. Right here, we got Gold-Blooded 310. Very happy with the win, but the same problems uh, keep arising. Shanahan stops running the ball in the playbook, seems to shrink when Debo goes out. Shanahan wouldn't run the ball when Debo was in. We had one rush attempt whenever Debo in his nine snaps. That was it. Maybe two. But, like, yeah, Shanahan's game plan was don't run the ball. It's so weird to me, and I love this win. Gritty, tough, ugly, you know, down to the wire, clutch, whatever you want to say. Yes to all the above. Shouldn't have been that. Shouldn't have been that. Shanahan always trying to outsmart everybody else, and, and that's not. Ah, uh, that, that that that's not that's not what it is. Right here, Eric says my favorite play of the game was the Juwan catch with Purdy throwing just barely feathering over the defender. Yeah, it was right over the middle of the field. It was the deep OTB route over the ball route, and man, that was incredible. Purdy waited, 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 and just whew, just perfect layered throw. Um, 
by far the best throw of the game by Brock Purdy. There, there's no doubt about that. I like that. Uh, right here, CA4DC, appreciate the super chat. We have the best NFL D-line player-wise, but doesn't translate to consistent pressure comparatively. Why not? Uh, is the whole less than the sum of the parts? Um, I don't... I'll say this. One of the things that the Packers are probably at their best at is offensive line help. They have built their entire offensive line to be pass blockers, and they have two of the best chip block tight ends, and they use them the whole damn game. And so, right, your offensive line has five guys. You put a tight end on each side, and they keep chipping nonstop. And so, like, here, I'm going to play this clip. This is the... Dre Greenlaw interception play, but broken down from a defensive line standpoint and why pressure didn't work sometimes. This is one play, but I think that this explain why the pressures and the sacks just aren't coming. It was a game we ran, and uh, I kind of got caught up with the guard and the tackle inside, and Eric was wrapping, but they kept the chipper in so he couldn't wrap and get pressure, and I saw him break, and I was out of there. And so, like, you look back-to-back weeks. Jordan Love wasn't sacked once by the Cowboys or once by the 49ers. Like, that's an issue. Now, we had 22 total pressures. That's a lot of damn pressures. That is a lot of pressures. But you hit the quarterback six times. That's nice. But, yeah, you need sacks. And, like, I, I always say this. A turnover is worth two and a half sacks. Like, that's the way that I see it. So, you know, not that I'm trying to make you feel better, CA. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you got three turnovers this game. You got two interceptions and a turnover on downs and fourth downs. As a DC, I always counted those as turnovers. That, that's huge. You're getting the ball, taking it away from the offense. That's the equivalent of, what, seven and a half sacks, those three. Now, you, you know, I know not everybody agrees with me, but we would have team goals where it'd be like, okay, we want, you know, four sacks, or two turnovers. Those are like, as a defense, that's our minimum. And I would find ways to steal from each other. So if he had three turnovers and one sack, all right, hey, this counts. Everybody gets stickers. You know what I'm saying? Because I want us to applaud sacks and turnovers. Well, the 49ers led the NFL in interceptions. You just got two more in the in the division round. That's huge. Would you rather lead it in sacks? Or would you rather lead it in turnovers? Turnovers, again, were two and a half sacks. That's the way I see it. So, you know, to answer your question, the D-line's good, but their job is to stop the run and quit and don't allow Jordan Love to run the ball. And, you know, you look at kind of what he did. Guess what? Jordan Love, zero rush attempts. Oh, sorry. Let me go back. I was looking at five rush attempts for three yards. That's awesome. They did their job there. You did it. Jordan Love, he goes 21 to 34, two touchdowns, two interceptions, a 44.5 QBR, and a 72.4 passer rating. They did their job. It's not sexy. We're not getting sacks all the time. It's frustrating. I understand that. Ugh. Yeah, it's frustrating. I, I, I don't think Eric Armstead was his usual self. He's been the best player in the playoffs. Demo and Greenlaw were that yesterday. Demo had a great season last year in the playoffs too I, I thought it was armstead and then demo last year this is this one game sample size dre greenlaw demo right behind them those are the two guys that's it i like this comment right here what's up rick if i was kyle i would have talked to my quarterback at the site just like joe man just joe on the side just like joe montana talked to bill walsh yeah they're different uh, shanahan's got a little spice to them but not like what's going on over there uh, with, with what Bill Walsh was, but it's different with the press conferences and 15, you know, news, you know, camera angles and all that stuff. And you got to cover your mouth when you talk and, you know, everything turns into a clip and all that stuff. But man, yesterday, I think we ended up as a wash. I, I was feel really bad. The Debo injury killed us, but we didn't lose, which is nice, but we didn't make either. Um, and if, the Bucks don't lose by 17 points. Then we'll be back in the profit for this week. But if you haven't bet with us this year, it's been fun so far. Gear up, sports fans. The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. There has never been a better time to get into the action with my bookie. Now, don't just watch. Score big. 
boosted odds, huge huge prize contest, the filling of the Super Bowl. Even before it hits, you can already start to enjoy that. And whether you're a seasoned pro, ready or ready to roll for the first time betting, my bookie is your ticket to turning your sports knowledge into cold hard cash. It's the largest online casino of odds, contests, Vegas-style casino games, ultimate destination for fun, all types of fun, 24-7, right at your fingertips. Now, if you've been waiting, now is the time to get into the action. Because if you jump in and you start to make a winning move today with my bookie, use promo code 49ERS or this promo code QR code right next to my right, they're going to claim your deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's right. Promo code 49ers for an opportunity to boost your betting power. Rollovers do apply. If you have questions, please ask them. But experience the thrill of sports betting right in the comfort of your home because you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I do mean anywhere. Wherever you are, you can bet with my bookie. Join today and be part of the winning team. So, uh, yeah, excited about that. We'll have more bets of the week up and all that stuff. But, yeah, and look, if you're planning on going to the NFC Championship game, I'm just going to – this is my own personal advice. I always talk about ticket prices, and I really want people to enjoy their experience and all that stuff. If the Lions win today, which I think that they will, ticket prices are only going to go up. Only going to go up. Uh, Lions have been to one NFC Championship in their entire freaking lives. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. They are going to go, and they're going to fly out here, and they're going to be buying tickets. So my own personal opinion is if you are going to get NFC Championship game tickets and you're going to buy them aftermarket, tick picks are the one I always recommend. It's the best one out there. There are others. But if the Lions win, I'm not quite sure. That those, those prices are going to spike quick. I'm just telling you that right now. Now, if the Bucks win, the exact opposite is going to happen. Wait, if the Bucks win, I'm waiting to get my ticket probably the day before or the morning of. That's just what I'm going to do. That's my own person. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm just saying. Hey, you don't you want to save money. Lions win, ticket price is going through the roof. Bucks win, just wait, they're going to drop. I'm telling you that right now. And it, once the 49ers beat whoever they do play in the NFC Championship game, um we are going to be in Vegas. Uh, we're still Lock it up details. Players going to be out the night before. We're going to have a night before party on the strip. 49ers, players, autographs, meet and greets, all that stuff. Not one. I want two players. I'm being greedy. And they're going to be throwing a Super Bowl watch party as well. So if you're one of those people that want to go experience the Super Bowl, everything, but you can't fork out 10 grand for a ticket, that's okay. We got you. Uh, we are organizing. I'm working with several different venues, but I can't put the deposit down until I know for sure. Uh, I wish I had the money to not care about that. But we're going to do an all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink during the game party. Niners fans on the strip to enjoy the experience. So that's going to be up at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Uh, just waiting for that. So if you're going out there to Vegas, I'm just telling you, we're going to have a good time together, baby. We're going to have a good time. Now, let's talk playoffs. 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 Um, here, I'm going to put this up. I'm going to flex a little bit just because I, 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 I'm that guy. This was before last season, before the 2022 season, NFL and CBS put this graphic out, uh, the most playoff wins. So this was before last season. This was before Brock Purdy, all that stuff. Um, the 49ers had 34 playoff wins and were fourth all time on playoff wins. Steelers 36, Patriots 36. You've got the Cowboys 35, and then you've got the 49ers at 34. That was the most playoff wins. And then I put out on June 13th, and that's cool. You know, if you're listening to the audio podcast, I tweeted out the 49ers will be first on this list in two years. Well, guess what? Uh, here we are. I had to hold on to that receipt for a little while. The 49ers now are first place in the NFL in all-time playoff wins. Now, they are tied with the Patriots, but the Patriots are out. So the 49ers and Patriots with 37 wins, Steelers, Cowboys, 36, Packers, 34. All those teams are out. Raiders out. There's, actually, I don't think there's one team. Yeah, there's not one team in the top 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 that are still in the playoffs. 49ers get one more win in this NFC Championship game. All-time winning win in this team in playoff history. Right now we're tied at the top. But it's going to be there soon. And on top of that, man, shout out to Harry uh, Bearson um, on Twitter. The 49ers have played in the most NFC Championship games or AFC Championship games with 19. That is 35% 
of every of all the NFC championships, the 49ers have been in over a third of them. It's just who they are. And it's funny because we've had some rough years. I mean, we've now we're now going to be in the NFC championship for the fourth time in five years. Kyle Shanahan is a freaking beast. You gotta win it all. That's gonna come. But here's the craziest stat of all, and this even predates Kyle Shanahan. In the last 21 years for the 49ers, they have had seven winning seasons. Seven. They have made the NFC Championship all seven of those seasons. I just don't understand how that is possible. Some teams are built to win in the playoffs. Harbaugh, he built that way. Shanahan built that way. Shanahan now 4-0 in the divisional round. Whew. Man, that is impressive. And shout out to uh, Josh Dubow for uh, that one on Twitter. Uh, it, it's awesome, man. It's really, really cool being a fan of this team and you know, you got to go win it all. That's huge. What's up, my man, Nick, what a crazy game, John. We needed a win like this, but I'd rather blow teams out. Yeah. Next week. I think we'll get back to that. I, I don't think the matchup is great for the lions or the bucks. We already saw the bucks. We beat them by 13. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll let the, the games play out and I'm excited either way. Glass city. Thank you for the super chat. He says, do you think that, Reacting to this game with the ultra-critical mindset is short-sighted. I have a feeling that the tape will show better game for the most part. I think there's a lot of overreactions. It, you know, the, the age-old adage, I, I love this, this question, the film is never as bad as you think it is or it's never as good as you think it is. So whenever you think you were awesome, the film will humble you. And when you think you played terrible, film's going to be pretty exciting. And you'll see some things that actually went well. And I hope that's the case. You know, we go through every single snap, offense, defense, special teams over on the49ersrush.com. As soon as you sign up, you get access to everything. The last three and a half years, uh, every single offense, defense, special teams play, it's all right there as soon as you sign up. And we have a seven-day free trial. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, the defense, it was all mistakes. Missed tackles, penalties. That was it. I really think that the defense was right where it needed to be the whole damn game. But missed tackles, penalties, Slipping down. We had guys falling all over the place. And we were the home team. Like, come on, man. Even out of halftime, switch your damn cleats. Put in the longer spikes. It's pretty damn simple. I was pretty pissed off about that, but that's okay. Uh, now, next week, there's no rain in the forecast, which is going to be nice. I'm excited about that. I was waterlogged yesterday. Um, but, yeah, you, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but some of the things, you know, Glass City, the and I talked about it earlier, the empty sets all the freaking time. And obvious running downs, I hated that crap. I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I really wish somebody would talk to Shanahan about that, but I, I don't think he'd answer. And he, and if he did answer, it'd be something kind of <laughs> smart alecky or whatever. But you run the ball 24 times in the playoffs, that's bad. I don't care what the situation is. You add in the rain. You add in your quarterback's having his worst game. You add in Debo's out. You add in you're playing against one of the worst teams in the NFL against the run, and you add in that they had 89 defensive snaps on a short week, traveling two times, run the damn ball. I'm, I'm sorry. If Kyle Shanahan was here telling me I'm dumb, and you know he pulled one of his like all-time lines, which I love. Oh, I understand. I don't think you understand. Um, I'm sorry, Kyle. I, I do understand, and you won, and I love you. Like That's the thing. Like People are like, man, why are you so critical of Kyle? I love Kyle Shanahan, but... That doesn't mean it was a perfect game. Like, I don't think that's that was the case. But I would argue, I banged my head against the wall, Kyle. Like, I'm sorry, you're wrong here. You should have ran the damn ball more times. Definitely should have. Um, JD says, John, I know you kept receipts. I always do. I remember a few years ago, you said in 2023, the year for the 49ers. Yeah, I've been screaming this. and I, I need to get somebody to go through and help me with this. And cut, like, because I, I said, like, 10 plus times. In 2022 in the offseason, I was like, look, the 49ers are going to be successful. They're built to be in the playoffs. The year to win it all is 2023 and 2024. Those are the two years. I uh, didn't even know about the whole Brock Purdy thing, and that was way back with Lance and all that stuff. Uh, but thank you, J.D., because, yeah, like it was just the way the team was built, and it was going to take time to mold and develop some of these back-end guys, and that has happened. I really do think that that has happened. And so... Yeah, right here. Eric, thank you. 73 combined pass attempts in a soggy game like that was wild. It made no sense. It made no sense to me. But, 
you know, you get the freaking <laughs> Obi Wan versus uh, what's his name, Anakin, and they, they the, the pride gets going. They're gonna fight, and yeah, I I, I don't want to keep these Star Wars references going because I'm gonna offend somebody, I'm sure. Uh, but overall, we got the dub, and that's huge, and and I'm so excited for what's to come because now here's the best part: the Niners get an extra day off. We'll have to see what happens with Debo. We'll have to see there. Now, I am excited about this. Uh, for all my fantasy football peeps, this is for you. Love 49ers and fantasy? We have the perfect thing for you. We are putting together the first ever 49ers Rush exclusive fan fantasy draft live in Vegas in a presidential suite that overlooks the Strip. It's We're, we're not pulling any strings. It's going to be absolutely incredible. We're going all out. So it's going to be you know hosted by myself, yours truly. We're going to have our own personal bartenders. We're going to have our own, you know, hostesses that are helping, you know, as players make their picks, put everything out there. And the prizes are going to be great. Custom framed 49ers memorabilia to the winner. Um, and if you do win, you get to come back next year for free, completely free. So head over to the 49ersrush.com. Get your ticket uh, with your ticket. It's you and a plus one that gets to come party. Unlimited drinks, top shelf, um, food, snacks, all those different things going to be included. Talk about it night to remember in vegas and it's going to be on august saturday august 31st man you got to come out and party with us it's going to be great hopefully you get to come out the 49ers rush.com to go get tickets right here eric he says um real i'm sorry uh went to the wrong one first ed he says john do you think it'd be a different game plan knowing debo won't play it depends on who you play. And now the good news is neither one of these defenses are good. The NFC is just bad. Um, I really do believe the four, the three teams left in the AFC are better than any team not named the Niners in the, the NFC. The Lions are a good team, and they're tough. I understand all that stuff, but their defense is not good, not consistent. Um, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Uh, and, you know, I'm pulling for Tampa Bay. That's who I want to win. The, the 49ers, if they played Tampa Bay, they would be – probably 10 and a half point favorites, maybe more. If they play the lions, probably five and a half to six and a half point favorites is my assumption. I don't really give a damn who we play. I want us to be the bucks just so tickets would be cheaper, but um, I wouldn't be mad if the lions win. I'm pulling for them just because of the story and all those things. Um, and right here, Eric, this is kind of the question, you know, with, without Debo out there, Eric says, you know, Ray Ray going to be practicing those jet sweeps. Yes. That is going to be coming, you know, they had what's this because Ray Ray was practicing number three wide receiver stuff. He was the backup slot and Conley was the backup Debo. And so like everything got put in turmoil. So now you have contingencies and all that stuff. And it's not like they don't know the plays. They do know the plays, but some of the stuff you install for Packers specific plays and that's the issue. Like, it's just, you've got to work together. Now they're going to get that chance. Hopefully we get good news on Debo. The extra day is going to be huge. But but we'll see here, man. I, I'm excited. And yeah, I love this team. And, man, you know, everything that you should feel right now, in my opinion, is one of relief and celebration. It's a celebration. Uh, I, I wanted to keep going with all the Rick James. But it, this is awesome. And the fact that the 49ers had such an ugly game, and it was ugly. The weather was ugly. It was just ugly. I mean, the stadium, literally, the speakers, Levi's was terrible. Uh, the, uh, the speakers went out for half of the upfield section. You couldn't hear anything. And then, like, even when you went to the bathroom, the speakers were out in the bathroom, so you couldn't even hear the game or whatever. The Like, it was just, I can't stand Levi's. But well, I love Levi's, but it's one of the worst stadiums ever made. But, Ah, anyway, like it's just this is what it was. It was rough, but you won, and that's everything. You get to keep playing, and ugly wins. Sometimes that's what you need, and that's what this team needed. Super excited! Enjoy football today, baby. I can't wait. We get to figure out who the Niners play right off the bat. Um, this, all the Niners going to have their feet kicked up today, just watching the game, having a good time. So I hope you do the same. Love you guys. You are the absolute best. And until next time, stay strong, faithful.
Hey, Faithful, are you facing challenges getting new clients for your business? Power Brand Systems is changing the game for many businesses like yours. Score touchdowns worth of quality leads with their innovative online marketing tools. And also, I got to say this. The owner is part of the faithful, close friend of mine. He helped build the49ersrush.com, which is feeding my family. Whether you're aiming to skyrocket your business visibility with high converting ads, stand out on Google searches, or gather five-star reviews, Power Brand Systems has got your back. And my favorite thing about what they do, they have a social media planner feature that's a true game changer. I've been using it post-flow effortlessly across various social media accounts. You won't find this level of convenience anywhere else. And on top of that, you can try it for 14 days completely risk-free. Visit powerbrandsystems.com slash john j-o-h-n that's powerbrandsystems.com slash john to get started today because let's face it when it comes to boosting your business why make it complicated keep it simple keep it smart here's to your unstoppable success wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.